The crash site would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we create, the Yuggera and Turrbal peoples. We also pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was and always will be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's land. Fantastic. Welcome back to the Cybernetic Podcast, where we talk all things cyber and netic. <laughs> First up on the cyber agenda, robo-police. Robo-police. What do we think? What do we think of them? That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, because yeah. now we can ask each other. Yeah. What do you, do you think, think about, about cyber police? police. Uh, robo police? What's the correct terminology? Robo police or cyber so police? This is the first issue with cybernetic is that there's a bit of a jargon in yeah. the industry that is not quite yet adopted by the general population. Yeah. So I think the first agenda Population. That's, yeah, is, see, that's we'll come back really to that. We'll come back to that. Interesting, yes. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll flag that. We'll keep it on the notes. Yeah. Um do you have the notes? Sorry. Um, I didn't actually bring notes today. Oh. Um, because I thought Tarek was going to bring them, but Tarek's actually, she's fallen a bit ill, so oh, no. it's just a, it's just us. Yeah, she's... Oh, what? I don't know what to Are do. Are you kidding? Yeah. I really am lost. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait, who... What's that noise? <laughs> what's that noise? Is that Tarek, Is that Tarek in the distance? I'm supervising. She's our she's supervisor today. Yeah. So the first... The first question, you know, cyber police, cyber police. or robo police. I like cyber police better. It sounds cooler. <laughs> it does. Um, and it doesn't, I, I think something can be, they can be sort of cybernetic police without being necessarily robots. I think robot is like, as a term, is kind of outdated. You have a point. Right? Yes. Because like, is artificial intelligence robot? It's like, you know, like robot, robot is more so of like the machine, le- uh, the machine set up, just do the thing. Yeah. Robot. Robot, or like I think of iRobot, Will Smith, back in, what, 2004? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let's get a fact check Yeah, yeah, I was like, get a fact check on that. Fact check. <laughs> Welcome to the fact check. Fact check. Quick fact check on the fact. Yeah. Fact number one. Fact number one. When did iRobot come out? If it's 2004, I'm taking off my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with iRobot vacuum and mop. <laughs> It's 2004. No way. No way. <laughs> American science fiction action. Well, according to Wikipedia. No so way. Said, but you've got to take I your pants you off. you wrote that Wikipedia entry. <laughs> it's just my pants. My pants are now off. They're off. He's actually taking his pants off, guys. I'm not even kidding. Well, like no, the rest don't of do video anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This could not go on YouTube. So, <laughs> fact check number two. Fact check number two. Beanbag supervisors. Why do they exist? Yeah. Yeah. I Like, if you're doing a podcast, I think w- you need a beanbag supervisor. You need someone that yeah. supervises you while they're in a beanbag. Yeah. And that's what Tarek is for us right now. Is it uh, similar to the... Is it akin to the relationship... I just love that word, sorry. Akin. Is it akin to the relationship between human and robot? Mmm. As, like, the humans must supervise robots? 
Well, the humans create the robot. Is every robot human created? Or do we get to a point where robots are creating robots? Robots are totally creating robots. Well, that's interesting. Would you say like a, a car, like a Tesla no. car is a robot? Because they have robots creating the Tesla cars. Oh, but there's like so many different forms of mechanical... <laughs> Um, engineering that I've created using other robots. <laughs> the issue we've got, Derek, is we can't hear you in the podcast. <laughs> We're talking to you, though. That's We're talking to... Thing. So, if you probably just heard a bit... Yeah, chunk. look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just went blank. Tarek said some things, <laughs> and but she's not up here it's with us because okay. she's our supervisor. Yeah. We'll just cut around it. Yeah. So, what I was going to say, right, Zed? Yes, same. I have a question for you. Yeah. What is a robot? What is your understanding of what a robot is? Because I feel like if we want to extend mm. on this conversation, yeah, I think we, need to, we need to define the essentials. Yeah. So it's an interesting question, what is a robot? Because it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a random question. It is a it? random question. But I, I think fundamentally a robot is a machine made by human beings to... See, this is interesting my gut instinct is to in some way replace a function that a human being could do, right? Mm. So, like, you think about robots in manufacturing, they do jobs that a human being would originally do. So, like, but I wouldn't say, for example, like, a car is a robot. Um, I'd say maybe a Tesla is because it auto-drives. So you've got, you've got technology that's making it replace a human function, but a normal car yep. requires the human to operate it. Well, there's a difference between mechanical and electrical engineering Yeah, yeah well. true. So the, the transition, I guess, now is if you look at a Tesla, it's mainly electric, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. So that is a robot, but a, a diesel engine mm. truck from the 90s yeah. is a mechanical machine is it yeah. not yes machine so, yeah but, that's and, interesting. It, and it performs a series of tasks and executes on complicated things that you wouldn't you wouldn't want i guess it eliminates what a horse does right yeah you wouldn't want people you wouldn't want your car to be a group of people carrying out little tasks right yeah so but so your definition of robot is actually the electrical side of things i, I can i add something off of that yeah, yeah, yeah. When, what you just said. I think a robot is any technology that is programmable. Programmable. I yeah. think I think what makes something a robot is it needs to be programmable. Computation. Yeah. Computational capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What do you think? I think I've never actually thought about what a robot is. <laughs> 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 and I it's and I have construed my vision through a quick Google search. Okay, let's fact check, fact check, fact check. So we want the Wikipedia embedded link, or do we want the Google search link? Um, what are the, are the can we, I'd like what, to compare them? Well, okay. Well, let's go start with Google, shall yeah. we? Yeah. Robot noun brackets or parentheses, especially in science fiction. Mm. Interesting. That's the first thing that Interesting. is defined. A machine resembling a human being, okay, that's one thing, and able to replicate certain human movements and functions automatically. That's what you were yeah, saying, Yeah, that's, right? yeah. The purpose of a robot is to replace the Replace human, human function. Necessity, yeah. yeah. Two, a machine capable of carrying out a complex series of actions automatically, especially one programmable by a computer. Dude, we're actually really oh. onto this. Just, just to clarify to those listening, 
we went in blind to this conversation and this is yeah. we're just this is full Man. improv. This is this is great. Do you know what I think it is? Is by taking off my pants, I feel like I've grounded myself with the ideas yeah. of the world around me. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen so much of your legs before. Oh, I know, I know, because normally I wear long pants. <laughs> I, I feel very uh, free. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a safe space to take your pants Thank off. Thank you. <laughs> Number three, a person who believes... Wait, wait. <laughs> the robot definition just got really deep. Three, a person who behaves in a mechanical or unemotional manner. Oh, wow. It's like an offence. So Tarek's a robot. robot. (laughs) (laughs) That was a joke. Obviously, I love Tarek and she's not a robot. She's very emotionally complex. Four. (laughs) (laughs) And programmable. So the programmable is interesting. No, no, no. I was going off of the joke. Uh, four. <laughs> four. <laughs> Tarek's program because you said complex, and I just was <laughs> that's reading. Brilliant. Them. That's probably that's probably okay. Four. Let's get through this. Yeah. Another term of a crawler for a crawler. I'm guessing that that is uh, some agricultural or like I don't know space machine, and that they just call it robot. A robot. Crawl. That's the robot. Right. I don't know what a crawler, a crawler is. is. Like, I well, really what? thought of a pool crawler. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, I I always make the thing of anything that has a function that of of crawling, right? Yeah. So there's that function of moving in movement. a way that is repli- like that is in some way replicating human it's movement. Autonomous, autonomous movement. Autonomous. Yeah. Last definition brought to us by Google: five, a set of automatic traffic lights. What? Mm-hmm. Robot. Under ro- that's considered robot. Mm. So. I find it interesting the way that they've... The source is Oxford Languages, mm. right? It's pretty reputable. 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 <laughs> reputable sounded like, bad. It did. It sounded like repulsive. It's like I a, think it is yeah. a derivative of like to refute. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Refutable. Anyway. Mm. The th- first two definitions I resonated with. Yeah. Third one I was... Okay, it makes sense. Four and five are like very specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Think? Think, yeah, I think I think I would agree agree with you. I think we're pretty much. I think we're actually clo- pretty mm. on the money in yeah. terms of trying to articulate it. Yeah. It is interesting how we. I actually want to hone in on the sci-fi thing. Yeah, the sci-fi thing I think is really interesting because so much of what sci-fi is 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 predicting the future or like propelling ourselves forward in time and imagining what's possible. Mm. And if we look at so much of what our world is now, a lot of it was predicted in in sci-fi. Yeah. Can I counter-propose that it's maybe not predicting but presenting Mm. alternatives or options that are desirable outcomes? Okay, but here's the scary thing is are are we – in a way, do we end up manifesting our own future, Mm. you know? Well, the beauty of, like, human beings and maybe where we take this conversation consciousness is that imagination is, is like, our strongest tool. Yeah. One of those – components that I believe is integral to what the definition of consciousness is. So this imagination and being able to put film on, tell stories has always been a, actually I was listening to a Star Talk podcast and so I'm almost regurgitating this information. So you should check out that podcast if you can. But it was saying how the mediums are evolving as well and, and the technologies have evolved, but we've always wanted to tell stories. Mm. It used to be conversationally, and then it was cave paintings, and then it was, you know, the manufacturing and, and 
distribution of canvas yeah. or film, the ability to capture images and videos. And now it's looking even further as well. Where can it go? Where can it be with Web3? Yeah. How is the storytelling evolving and what, what, does it, yeah, what purpose does that serve to yeah. our imagination? Mm. That's really interesting. So I've actually been reading a book recently mm. um, called Expanded Cinema yeah. um, by Gene Youngblood. And it's really interesting because it is written in the 60s, 70s is when it came out. Um, and it's kind of like a textbook, so it's very academic. Um, but fundamentally, it's, I guess, a, a challenge of what cinema could be. So it's in this era where... So 1970 it came out. So, mm. yep, so 1970 was when it was released, and it was kind of looking at the rise of television and saying that, like, television is shifting the way that we relate with technology. It's shifting the way that we relate with ourselves because it's giving us more access to images, more access to new ways of seeing. And it, but it kind of critiques the traditional structures of cinema and what cinema does um, in the sense that it proposes that what cinema's true potential is, is to capture our own consciousness, to reflect our consciousness back at us, to create experiences that are in some way replicating or connecting with our internal experiences and it doesn't have to be this traditional form that we're exposed to in early cinema where we're just seeing the world captured or we're mm. creating drama narrative, right? narrative yeah. traditional structure it doesn't have to be that what it can be is an exploration of our consciousness of our internal sensations being physically manifested and so it references a bunch of experimental filmmakers sort of of that era. Um, some really interesting works where they're using light and they're, they're manipulating light structures. Talks a lot about 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, a lot about these new film techniques and how they create these visceral responses from people. I'm really interested by that in the sense of now looking at as we move forward, we haven't seen a lot of that take the mainstream. We are really attached to these traditional structures of storytelling, these traditional narratives. I think definitely in the mainstream, especially with the way social media has been, you know, popularized and that whole web two movement, I think is really around this idea of capturing reality, giving an insight to life, even if it is fabricated. Whereas what expanded cinema proposes is what if we actually take the experiences we're having and we try and replicate feelings, sensations, emotions, rather than what is physically tangible. And I think hmm. that is a more accurate um, exploration of consciousness than simply giving me a documentation of what something is. Hmm. Let's delve deeper into what it evokes. Yeah. Because it's like you can... A documentary, you can... If you really wanted to, I guess you could replicate that just by going to a place and meeting people. So the film is actually doing a service by sharing experiences, but it's not really delving into yet yeah, the deeper state of like awareness or being. Mm. So yeah, that's interesting. I because when you were talking, then I was sort of thinking of of ways in which film is used, and it's it's like feels very rinse and repeat, and it's been around for quite a while now, and I wonder if if they're with. <laughs> So I'm shooting off on all tangents, but with AI now and the ability of using, I guess you could call it a robot to take 
some of the creative elements and explore what can be done and shown on screen is that do you see that as like one potential shoot off of the bamboo to be um, exploring this idea of expanded cinema or do you, do you know what's so interesting yeah. is so much of the early um, practitioners that he refers to used early computers so the, we're looking at computer animation in the early stages, manipulations of light using algorithms mm. to map new images, using computer interfaces and recording through new computer inf interfaces to create unique visual experiences. That is exactly what it is. And now with where That's our it. technology is at now, when yeah. you think we have these AI algorithms that can work off of predetermined databases and manipulate images in new ways that can convert images to zeros and ones so quickly and then manipulate code uh, based on different algorithms to generate something completely unique and new that is beyond what we're even capable of. Mm. Like that really to me is like what this next step is, yeah. this next forefront of our relationship with technology to create new sensations, new experiences that capture things that just we cannot even talk about. Mm. Like, like I, can't, it, I can't put into words the sensation of driving in a car late at night while it's raining, pumping music, looking out and seeing, you know, lights and, and stars and reflecting on my life. Even you saying that is not the Enough. direct representation yep. of that experience yep. that you've had. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you're drawing from memories. It, oh, exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and because you will never understand, number one, the memories that I'm drawing from in that moment, mm -hmm. but also it's a sensation that just, there's no way to capture it except to live it out yourself. Yeah. Can and, I, yeah. That was, I was listening to that Jordan Peterson podcast we were talking about last yeah. night. It's this idea of understanding. And they spent about 20 minutes talking about what understanding is and how, you, you also said before that, Yes, AI and algorithms are beyond capable of what humans do in the terms of like they can do it quick. But really we set up those algorithms and that's all computational things that we've, we've set parameters for and we set for machine learning. So there's this understanding from a human that a computer doesn't have because it'll only do what we tell it to do. That understanding is, is the vision that we had to set this up in the first place and something that that I think is really is really interesting to like start to pick apart your own consciousness and your own ideas, your own imagination. And and to be able to use the tool of a robot or a machine to try to replicate that is first of all foremost the understanding of you wanting to share that experience. Mm. Yeah. What's interesting you saying that what immediately my response to hearing you say that is go, well, aren't we machines? You know, and, and it's the whole idea of cybernetics, right? Cybernetics is yeah. this idea of this, like, cyber self, this, these representations of self and how, you know, all of technology fundamentally is created by us. Mm. You, know, it, mm. you know, most of this new technology that's evolving is coming from us. But where, where does that come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. where does this idea of the internet come from? Yeah. This idea that every, we become filters for technology. Mm. And so the only limitation to where technology can go is, is the machine that is ourselves. Mm. And, you know, we take things in, food, information, yeah. experiences, and we process it. And then we create outcomes for our actions, for our habits, for our rituals, for our relationships, through the experiences that we curate for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So in a way, this idea of, of connecting 
you know, it, I think there's a lot of sort of fear around, oh, we're going to become these cybernetic organisms. We're going to be, you know, connected to artificial intelligence and all this stuff. It's like, yes, but we're already doing that. Like, it's just not in our, we're not, we're not exposed to it on the level of like a chip in our, in our body just yet, you know, but fundamentally that's how our bodies operate mm. is like a, like a robot. Right. Hasn't someone done that though? They like put their equivalent of like a transport card into their body. Into and their like, body. Beep. Yep. You know, and like I, that. sorry, you go. No, well also then we've got, you know, people working, you know, Elon Musk is working on Neuralink, mm. you know, this mm. idea that we can actually plug um, the internet into our brain mm. and we can have full access and connection to infinite things. I, I was listening to a conversation too that to the it could get to the point where we can control the neurotransmitters in our own brain through like an app. Mm. So we could go, I am go I need to focus and do some work right now. So I'm going to trigger all of the um, neurotransmitters that allow me to focus. Mm. How interesting is that? Because are you aware of it? You're aware of it that you're doing the initial programming of yourself, but then when you actually experience it, are you aware that you've done that? Like, what's you the, have to be because you're not. We're not yeah. eradicating our sense of awareness, yeah. right? But then, but then the thing is, it's like, whoa, that's crazy. But then if you think about it, it's like we do the same thing with fucking coffee, yeah, with different drugs. drugs, right? Nicotine can be used in, in yeah. that kind of way, whether it's through a cigarette or actually through like prescribed nicotine, mm. um, you know, vitamins, yeah. different, you know, different processes that we have. Like when I sit down to work, I, you know, I used to listen to binaural beats. Right. Is that not me programming? Mm-hmm. You know, usually what I'll come do is I'll, I'll put binaural beats on. I'll journal before I'll turn a specific set of lights on. I'll get the temperature in my room. <laughs> right. I'll sit on my chair. Right. I'll sit up. I'll write down what I want to achieve. Headphones go on. Water beside me, a coffee as well. And I'll start working. Is that not programming my internal and external world to mm-hmm. achieve something? Mm-hmm. So really, this is just bringing yeah external technology to that experience but it's like using an external technology to actually influence your physical body right yeah yeah i think that's the part that that scares most people yeah because with all these other things it's a choice to consume but there's no direct um external thing that is still you're seeing and you're like attached to yeah right Oh. What's so interesting, right? Because you think about that, you, you mentioned consuming, but fundamentally mm. you notice a difference when you eat like a McDonald's meal compared to some fruit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Your body reacts differently. Your program, your operating system is influenced mm. by what you put into it. Yes, you have choice, but you also have choice to put the chip in. You also have yeah. choice to click on the app and, yeah. and make those adjustments. Mm. Like, the other one that immediately they think about is like, medicine is technology Mm -hmm. right but we don't think about it like that but fundamentally you are putting technology into your body and it is changing the way your operating system functions Mm. so what's the difference between a bunch of panadol Mm. and a microchip Mm -hmm. obviously there's you know there is a lot of differences but but if you actually think about it like that it's not as different as we think it is Mm. i guess it's like comes down to trust you're trusting whoever's produced this chip that they're doing it with the best of intentions at their yeah. heart, you know? Well, here's the other thing. You talk about trust. Yeah. Do you trust the pharmaceutical companies? 
Not really. No. <laughs> yeah, I still take, you know, yeah, the vitamins true. that I get. I still take, you know, if I get a headache, I'll take some Panadol. You know, I go to the doctor and I trust that what they prescribe me is going to be right. Yet I understand that there is a financial backing mm. behind a lot of that. And do I understand what all the little ingredients in this thing are? No. no. But you read them, you go, huh. You know, and then if you look at, you know, you, you know, not to get conspiratorial, but I actually don't think it is conspiratorial in any way. You know, podcast. no, we're definitely not. But, you know, companies like Pfizer and Moderna and all these other places have been sued for billions of dollars mm. for prescribing drugs that fundamentally have caused massive issues in people mm. and actually caused the loss of life mm. of people. Mm-hmm. And they've actually known it. Right? So there's this question of trust of putting technology in our bodies. It's like, well, we've already relinquished a lot of that trust because we believe that it's going to make our lives better. So really fundamentally, the shift of this technology depends on our ability to trust the organizations that are providing us this technology and the trust that that they are going to make our lives better. Mm. It's like this cycle too as well, like these new technologies that we're seeing now being developed we're already adapting in certain ways down here at this level. But there's other things that we would have never even, you know, we'd have the same perceptions of now. Oh, sorry. The same things that we have a perception on now, if you go back 10 years, are things that we've already adopted or vice versa, you know, that have maybe come in and, and phased out. And I just think it's so cool just when we're when you're talking about all those things like the the ability that like we have like just I'm just like zoning in now yeah. with like us being able to talk about this having done research on like and and being passionate about food and you know we don't have to rely on medicines yeah. in that regard yeah. because we have this scientific information and but there's the technology there to supplement as well yeah. but the ability of knowing what and how choosing what we consume or use applications phones how that will affect our bodies yeah being aware of it sometimes ignoring it Mm. and choosing it out of short-term pleasure or being conscious enough to to acknowledge that it exists and then choose a better pathway or i just think it's so cool and you know like especially with the pandemic too and like the vaccination was you know it was a huge topic yeah and there's so many perspectives on it It's, it's 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 too complicated to go into detail in this conversation yeah. about that but we have that access and that option to some degree you know what yeah. I mean like, and I think the problem with technology and all these things or not, it's not a problem but the debate with adaption and, and how where we're going it always yeah it's, it's, it's this idea of trust and this idea of who is in control of what we get to do yeah yeah And do you know what I think the other big part of trust is and and all of this is our relationship with the people around us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Community is so integral to the decisions we make. Because if I tell you there's a really great restaurant, you're more more likely to go there than if you get an ad for it on your your Mm -hmm. Facebook feed, Mm -hmm. right? Referral. In in a similar vein, a great doctor. Yep, exactly. Right? We're going to go based off the people that we trust because Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust you way more than I'm going to trust any organization. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because we have an established relationship and we live with each other. Mm. And, uh, you know, I have no reason not to trust you mm-hmm. based on all of these experiences and the test of the trust that we have in one another. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because it makes me, you know, to shift this conversation slightly, it makes yeah. me think about the adoption of Web3, mm-hmm. right? 
is, you know, I was listening to a conversation recently where they're like, you know, NFTs and, and a meta and a wallet that you store digital assets is going to be like email was, yeah. right? But when email first came out, a lot of people were like, why would I ever need email? Mm. Why would I ever need to use the internet? Why would I ever need to have an iPhone? Right. Mm. But now we just take those things for granted. Yeah. But there is always that shift in adoption. Everyone always points out the negative things. Oh, email's just going to cause mm. spam. Oh, it's going to be used for illegal things. Bitcoin's only used for, you know, things that are illegal. It's only used for this. Oh, it's really negative for the environment. Yes, but the technology's changing. Yeah. Right? The I think a lot of those initial issues that people have with this new Web3 technology is being debunked quite, inf- like quite quickly mm-hmm. because we have these new blockchains that are coming out. Um, I was learning recently about Hedera, which is this new blockchain that's coming out that is that is has tiny gas fees. It is yep. so um, it's actually carbon negative. So based on all the actions that they take, it actually decreases your carbon footprint by using it. Yeah. Like this incredible new technology to the change the way we do it. And if you get stuck behind and you're just caught in these, ne- these negative pessimistic views on things, yeah. or you're not open to new ways of seeing because your community isn't, yeah. you know, it's very easy to get left behind. And then all of a sudden everyone's using it and you go, like, Oh, I can't believe I ever doubted this yeah. or questioned it. Might I also pose that the access to the information we have, and if we don't do enough work, to filter, or not even filter, but just challenge what we are consuming online and in terms of news and information. Yeah. If you're not actively like going out of your way to hear other perspectives, you're never gonna believe them, you know? And they, is there an objective truth to some of these things? Maybe, but most of the time it's just good to have that perspective. I don't know where I was going No, no, yeah. I actually think that is the exact point that, that we're on is this idea of in building a community, you need to recognize that you have agency in bringing in diverse perspectives. Mm. Look, one of the big things that's happened recently is like it's pretty much confirmed that Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Yeah. And there's all this sort of uproar about it. Honestly, all the politics, all, the, all of that stuff, it is what it is. I yeah. don't want to get into that. But what I want to talk about is this idea of like what you know, what I think he means, and yep. this is only what I think he means based off of the, what I've seen and heard about yes. his discussions on it, of what free speech means. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, what free speech means is within the confines of the law, people can say what their opinion is and we can, be in, we can curate spaces that allow for open discourse. Mm-hmm. Open discourse is incredibly important. Yeah. Whether you're a creative, whether you're a business person, whether you're just a normal human being that is working to be better, to expand their perspective and their understanding of the world and the people around them, mm-hmm. we need to be able to disagree. Mm-hmm. And disagree in a way where we are not identifying with our opinions or attacking. Right? or attacking people for their opinions, but we're going, I have this opinion, but I am open always for this opinion to improve, for it to change, for my view of the world to evolve. Because it doesn't matter who you are, you are not perfect. Your ideas are not all right or wrong or going to stay the same for your entire life. Look at back who you were five years ago. Do you think about the world the same way? I guarantee it doesn't matter who you are. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. And if you do you need to have a real solid look at your life, I think. Mm, Because fundamentally, our opinions and perspectives should be changing consistently Mm. because we're exposing ourselves to challenging Mm. ideas. If I believe something, I need to go and understand the opposing belief. Because without doing that, how can I truly believe what I'm believing? (laughs) You know, how do I have any evidence? I should be able to argue for the alternative Mm. and and try and see from that perspective to help validate where I sit on on this... 
spectrum of opinion. Yeah. It's like high school debates. Yeah. Remember that. You know, you always got to take a few points from each side so you can understand and convince why you're choosing this side. Yeah. Because inherently it's it's a balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And once the debate finishes, realize that it is not the end of the world if your opinion changes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or if you yeah. actually go, I'm just arguing this because I know that I'm on this side of the debate. Or because but, you got higher up yeah. telling you to do this. Exactly. That. Or that most debates don't actually result in a black or white definition, mm. a, an A or a B, you know, an apple to an orange, yeah. right? The, the, this idea that everything needs to be polarised and that there is left, right, right, wrong, all of that stuff, it actually does not serve most situations, most topics, most opinions mm. in the world. The most important thing is that that conversation or debate is happening. Yep. That yep. is the integral part to it. And that everyone is w willing and open to mm -hmm. hear and hold space for one another. Yep. Because uh, human consciousness is complicated. Exactly. And there is no rules for yep. how to approach one's life or approach big issues that exist from cohabitating on one single planet. Exactly. Exactly. In the, in the grand cosmic scheme of things and in the, in the fact that you, whoever you are, whether you're me, whether you're you, whether you're a listener out there, whether you're Tarek sleeping on the beanbag, <laughs> you, you are totally unique. Mm. The experiences that you've had, the lessons that you've learned, the life, the life that you have lived is completely unique. There is mm. no one else in the world that has lived that life. Mm. And if they had lived that life, they would have the exact same views as you. Mm. Because fundamentally, it is our life experience and the experiences we have that make us unique. Yeah. And, and we are limited to that as well. That is a limiting thing. Mm -hmm. So to expand, to grow, to evolve, we must be open to other people mm -hmm. and recognize that their life and their experiences are just as unique yeah. and incredibly complex and diverse as yours. Yeah. And who is any of us to judge someone else for the experiences that they've had, for the life that they've lived mm -hmm. and for the unique asset that they are yeah. to our broader consciousness as a society, as a community. Yeah. Bang. Just on time, the construction noise. The construction begun. noise is is simmering in. So yeah. I think we'd sort of bring it to our final topic of tonight. Um, or unless you had something you want to I have show. one quote I wanted to bring in. Bring in a quote. That sort of might encapsulate yeah. things that we've been saying in, in, an, in a nice catch-all statement. Yeah. And this is from a Veritasium video that just came out. And I know it's a quote from another significant... Um, historical person who yep. has done a lot of great work and I just have no idea what the name is you'll observe with concern how long a useful truth may be known and exist before it is generally received and practiced on you will observe with concern how long a useful truth may be known and exist before it is generally received and practiced on truth interesting. I think this yeah. is the interesting part there Anyway, just so interesting. Food for thought. Something to think on, something to ponder, something to chat with other people about. You know, I think that's, if anything comes out of all of this, it's about having conversations. Yeah. It's about talking about robots. And I, um, I just looked at the first line of Wikipedia, I misread. And I said, I thought it said, this article is for mechanical robots. <laughs> but it <laughs> says this article is about. It's, this article is only to be read by mechanical robots. Yeah. Just like our final topic today is population. 
Population. Because, you know, we've spoken about this idea that everyone is unique. Everyone has a different experience. Everyone needs trust in something. Yeah. And what you can trust is population. Yeah. A lotion made for the entire population. You put it all over your body. You're Especially cutting yourself your armpits. in it. Definitely armpits. Definitely the bottoms of your feet. Yeah. Population will provide you with the life force that you need to keep moving forward. Mm. And we'll be selling it um, next time you see us on the street. Yep. So just any give of us street, a, a wink and a nod. Yeah, a and wink and a nod on the street ensures that you get population for your feet. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, and that's it. it has been a pleasure chatting with you today, Zane. Um, we look it. forward to coming back next week with, with Tarek. Tarek. Yeah. And thank you everyone so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and we hope you'll be part of future conversations. Yes. So have a beautiful, lovely morning, afternoon, evening or night. And we will see you next time we take flight. <laughs> You're in a rhyming mood today. I'm a, I'm a rhyming copper. Rhyming copper. For your schnobber. <laughs> I am a baby born. I am a baby born. I am singing a song. Putting Tarek to sleep as she sits in a beanbag and supervises me. <laughs>